Hello everybody, welcome to Take the Black Live. I am Dan Suck, the editor of winnerscoming.net. I'm here with Cheryl Wassenaar, the, um, an editor at Culturist.com. We are here to talk about all things Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, fantasy fiction, TV, movies, whatever, at Take the Black Live. Hello Sheldon, hello Linda, hello Cindy, hello Diane, hey Julie Davis of course, Dan Turton, good to see everybody. Um, and today you're coming on a, special day, on a special day because we are doing one of our giveaways, that's right. We do them here, we do them on Take the Black, uh, on the Wick Club, where they're anywhere in the world. Today we are giving away a Game of Thrones tarot deck. Ooh. It's pretty nice. It actually is pretty cool. There's yeah. lots of cool cards um, yes. with all the characters and the different kind of place names on them. And I don't do tarot myself, but if you are interested in the mystic arts, or whatever tarot is, we're going to give this away a little later in the show. That's a trivia question, but that'll be for a little later. First, to the news. Hey, and everybody joining us. Hey, Lisa, Mary, Terry, and Julie again. And Julie likes them. And I agree. The tarot cards are, are pretty cool. Like, honestly, I, I, I don't know how to do tarot, but the cards themselves are really neat. Yeah. And if you like it, Even good better. for you. Okay. But that's later in the show that we're going to give that away. For now, we're going to hit some Game of Thrones news over the past week. And uh, starting with a simple question for you, Cheryl. Is HBO trying to screw us? Probably. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I do know what you're talking about. Well, why don't you explain it for the nice people watching, Dan? <laughs> okay. Or listening to our podcast. So, which we are, it's available on iTunes and Google Play. Um, <laughs> like and subscribe, yada, yada, yada. Uh, okay. The gist is this. Um, Game of Thrones Season 8, around the corner, coming in April, the final season of the show. HBO went to the trouble of shipping in some of the show's veteran actors, like Sean Bean, who is definitely a part of this, who played Ned Stark. Maybe some others, uh, Call Drogo was hanging around there for a while, which I'm betting, looking back, that's the reason he was in Belfast all those times. They filmed this big, cool reunion special where, like, Sean Bean and the current cast all sit around with Conan O'Brien and talk about, you know, just look back on the show, the, these historic eight seasons that change TV in a big way and change all these people's careers. And it's kind of like a really cool thing. I was, like, already looking forward to watching it when I heard about it and, like, foreseeing how I'm going to miss it up as they inevitably break down because they've just finished filming when they uh, shot this. And now HBO has announced that this very cool Conan O'Brien-hosted Game of Thrones reunion special will be available exclusively... Um, on the Game of Thrones Seasons 1 to 8 complete box set. So, Cheryl, um, is this extortion? No, it's not. Is, what is the bad word for what this is? Are they holding this hostage? Yeah, there that'll work. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, yes, kind of. <laughs> it's a jerk move. Like, it I'm not going to lie. It's a jerk move. Um, I mean, I think... HBO is going to run into a problem, which is that some soul will purchase this complete box set and immediately put the reunion special on the internet. Oh, like I mean, I kind of think that is deserved. Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, yeah. you, you, you don't have enough money, HBO? No. We know you have enough money. There's no way you need to pull this to get people to watch. And they know that so many people would die to see. I would love to see that. I mean, they're fresh off in the final episode. They're all talking. I'm sure there'll be, like, you know, heart-rending moments. I would love to see that. And they're going to hold it hostage in this, yep. what I'm sure will be a elaborately expensive box set? No. No, 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 no. You don't get to do that. I mean, you do, but I will not like it. I'm speaking out against it. 
Dan Stuck disapproves. I mean, I also disapprove, but I'm not the editor of winterscoming.net. <laughs> yes, Julie says it's called screwing us over. And yeah. I sort of agree. Come on, man. And you're right. They will totally get, get it online. Somebody will. And then, then we'll see who's at Boss HBO. They'll be online. You won't be able to stop us. We are legion. So I just want to vent it about that. Yeah. Do you have any other opinions on it? I mean, you basically said everything I wanted to say, but I will add in an extra eye roll of just, of course. Like, of course, HBO. That's... Wow. I mean, I'd expect this from AMC, but from you, HBO, <laughs> come on. Getting a little heated here between all the networks. <laughs> a little. HBO is like the premium quality network. Yeah. Okay. But, um, and, we can, and, and we know that because, let me see, any, question, any uh, comments on that? Uh, Lisa, of course, someone will, and I'm a fan of someone already. I agree, Lisa. Good on that someone. And yes. If we had more beer, we'd pour one out. Mary points out, they've all watched the episode over and over. Like, we, we all know the episode, so why not show the reunion on HBO? I agree. Maybe they'll come to their senses. We'll see. Eh, we got a while, so we do have a, We do have a few months. Okay. And we know that they can afford to do stuff like this because they are currently rolling out the marketing for season eight mm-hmm. in rather elaborate ways. This is a kind of, we don't really have to talk about this much, but it's going to be the pictures of them uh, plastering ads all over Grand Central Station. Yeah. There are some pretty cool ones. Dope. Like they got Tyrion there on the pillars in the most uh, populous, busy train station in New York City. They, I love that one. They got the For the Throne hashtag on the turnstiles. So you cannot go anywhere in the station without being reminded that season eight is definitely coming. That is some commitment. And the Metro cards. Like they just have the public transportation cards with Game of Thrones on them. Okay. I would hope for the Cersei one. Yeah, I would I would actually love to have the Jon Snow one just because that's my face anytime I try and run a, a metro card for, through the New York City subway. <laughs> it's so hard. They're so weak. Are they really? Yeah. Also, hold that for a second. Do you realize that three out of the four people in those cards are naked? Yep. Is, is that a coincidence? Are they trying to tell us something? I mean, it is New York City. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> you can get weird in New York. Okay, if you say so. But no, so that's fun, and that's happening. Yes. I'm sure we'll have a lot more marketing blitz before, between now and uh, April, maybe a trailer by the end of the year. And again, Fingers proof crossed. that they do not need extra money from their Seasons 1 to 8 box set. I'm, I was going to buy it anyway, HBO. I'm kind of hung up on this. You it are seems a little like. bit. Okay, I'm going to try to move on. Okay. Let's talk for a minute about George R.R. R. Martin. And I hear some oh, people, uh, and yes, Alba says, thank you, Torrent, my friend. God bless Torrent. Um, I don't know what Torrent is, and I will speak no further on it. Oh, boy, Dan. My sweet summer child. Exactly. <laughs> Just be quiet. Okay. Let's talk briefly a different topic. George yes. R. R. Martin has been still giving kind of tail-end interviews because Fire and Blood is out and being circulated. If you... Do, do you plan to click that up at all? Eventually, yeah. I mean, I had to read... I. I, I I had to read. Um, I read The Sons of the Dragon in the Book of Swords because right. I that is what I'm reading for book club this month. Um, so, yay. Was it good? I mean, it's fine. It's <laughs> like I was reading it. And I was like, yeah, this is interesting. But, you know, everyone else wrote stories. You just wrote a history chapter, <laughs> buddy. Like He does have his way. What is what is effort? Um but yeah, I mean, I probably will read it eventually. Like, It'd I be just, good over the Christmas break read or something. Yeah, I just have to like read it when I'm not somehow cranky at George R. R. Martin. 
Sure. To find like the day of the year, that's true. And yeah, there's like it. one day of the year, and that day is past this year. Although actually, when he was talking to, um, I don't know, somebody or other, he pitched a really cool spinoff idea yeah. that I think is really neat. I want to read it for you now. Okay. Okay, so George R. R. Martin, Starfire Fire author, apparently pitched this or wants to to HBO. A show called Spear Carriers, dumb name, but the idea is fun. Yeah, it's a dumb name. Which would actually be set during the events of Game of Thrones, but it wouldn't be following Danny, Tyrion, and Jamie. They would all be there in the background, like Hamlet, and it would be more like, here's a story about a guy in the city watch. Here's a story about a prostitute went to Littlefinger's brothels. Here's a story about a mummer who's in town to do juggling and tricks. They all get caught up in the events. And the kind of show would be a lot of fun to do. Maybe, maybe I'll be able to convince them to do it. I actually kind of love the idea. A Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead take on uh, A Song of Ice and Fire. But not funny. <laughs> um, it could be funny. I mean, I feel like you're in at the crossroads idea. Is this but better? Because it's actually trying it to is. be funny. This seems more like... A, a way to even more shamelessly profit off of the popularity of Game of Thrones because you know that fans would like obsess over every single frame. Like, is that Danny's head? Is that her hair? Is that her hand? Right, yeah. Like, the, the concept is sound. The execution that he is proposing and the name are questionable. That name is not great. Spear- but I mean, again, it's just like a, he just tossed it off for kicks. Let's. I don't think we need to get down at him too hard for this that's not this is not the one day of the year where i am not angry at george r, r. martin so okay, i'm gonna I be gotcha. grumpy about it i think it's cute although sure if I, yeah. I i do i guess in my heart of hearts i want something that just goes away from the game of thrones story yes but the idea is cool yeah. it's, it's a neat thought experiment i don't hate it it's just questionable great and uh see if we get any comments here more talk about that torrent stuff <laughs> i mean it's got a certain appeal and one more time. If you do that HBO, just know there will be consequences. Okay. <laughs> but I'm, th- that's not a threat. I'm not threatening you. I, this is on tape now. This is live. Oh, crap. Oh, well. Um, before, we, b- before we give away the Game of Thrones tarot card set, let's go uh, beyond the wall for a second. Okay. And talk about something unrelated to Game of Thrones, because we here at Wick Take the Black Live have many interests. We do. Okay. Uh, television. Everyone watches it. Everyone likes it. And it's changing. Um, the news is that Netflix, the major streaming service, has now canceled a program called Daredevil about a Marvel superhero who is blind and a lawyer and played by... Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox. And it's interesting because this is actually the latest in a stream of Marvel superhero shows Netflix has canceled, starting with Iron Fist starring Finn Jones, Moving on to Luke Cage, starring person whose name I forget, and now Daredevil. Mike Coulter. Mike Coulter, you're good. I am. And it's surprising because, I mean, Marvel superheroes are the biggest thing at the movies right now. Like, they have been for a few years, and it's only going to get bigger. You look very upset. I am very upset, Dan. Daredevil was my favorite Marvel Netflix show, so I'm a little sad about it. I mean, it, and you weren't alone. It, yeah. it was the most popular Marvel Netflix show. Yes. According to one report, it was like, uh, the, the, and the week before it was canceled, I think it was the fourth most talked about show yeah. online. Like uh, behind stuff like, uh, I don't know, some stuff that I didn't write down. Yeah. But it has to be it was popular. Yeah. And so the question is, why do they keep canceling these things? Well, I think at this point, I believe I saw a report from a fairly uh, 
moderately, I guess, credible uh, source saying that Netflix <laughs> didn't cancel Daredevil, Marvel canceled Daredevil, um, which I could kind of well, see buy it. with the with the uh, Disney Plus thing that's happening over there. Yeah, Disney's um, making its own streaming service. And by yes. the way, hello, Rodrigo. Thank you, bros. Yes. Um, and I think that that probably had something to do with it. I'm just still upset because Charlie Cox made a really good Daredevil. I've also met him. Like he, oh, have you? He did, he did a signing at C2E2 this year. He was really nice and sweet. So, like, um, I'm biased. Like, I liked Daredevil before, but now I'm just super biased. Um, but, like, it, it seems weird, I guess. Like, I hope they revive Daredevil on Disney Plus in some way, shape, or form. And I think they could. Probably with the sure. cast and all of that. I mean, um, they could do whatever they wanted to at the end I of the know. day. It's Disney. Um, but it just kind of seems, especially because the third season of Daredevil was really good. It, it was solid. I watched it. It's kind of painful to have it canceled. Because, I mean, Iron Fist, like, nobody liked Iron Fist. Danny Rand is a weenie. <laughs> like, I will fit that in as much as I can. Sure. But, like... The show's been out there for 10 years. You're still bringing it up. Yep. <laughs> But Daredevil seemed to have a bigger kind of foothold in pop culture, as fractured as it is. It did. I mean, it was the first Marvel Netflix show, and the third to go, and the most popular. So yeah, it's it's bizarre, and I don't think it could be anything else but a huge conspiracy among Disney and Marvel to squelch anything popular on Netflix. They have it for themselves, is my opinion on what probably happened. You're just going off on everything today, Dan. I, have, I think the writing's on the wall, Cheryl. It, 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 makes, it kind it, of is, yeah. It, it makes sense to me. Like, it, just, it, there's not a coincidence these are all happening, that all these characters who are owned by Disney are losing their Netflix shows at a time when Disney is prepping its own streaming service. I, I don't think they want to share. Disney Plus, bring back Daredevil, you cowards. Or just um, fail and give back to Netflix because you're hurting people. I mean, like, I'd share. like the first over the second just because I really want to see the Diego Luna series but we'll take it Samantha, Samantha thinks they'll bring it back he has too many fans to go away forever and we'll see yeah I mean he survived Ben Affleck like oh the character sure yeah Daredevil exactly. the character All right. yes you have any other comments on Daredevil or anything else Cheryl I'm sad Dan <laughs> I'm just <Yeah>. sad <laughs> I really enjoyed Daredevil as a show I really like Matt Murdock his character um, I really like the side characters and just the story and its tone and all of that. So I'm just upset, man. Had some of the greatest fight choreography like on television. Like Game of Thrones is really good at epic fight choreography, but Daredevil is has intimate fight choreography. I didn't know this was turning into an ASMR video, but okay. Um, <laughs> um but for my money, Daredevil was probably one of the best small-scale fight choreography shows ever. Like, those hallway scenes <laughs> were like... Okay, season three. Sure. There are some beautiful, beautiful fight, chore- for, fight chore- choreography scenes. The bit in the prison. Oh, the bit in the prison. Mm-hmm. The bit when Bullseye shows up in the Daredevil suit. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. Um, like... Good, so good, and now they're not going to do it anymore unless Disney Plus has mercy on our souls. They aren't. We are all sad, but we are happy about giving away yes. a Game of Thrones tarot deck. All right, 
We're going to give this away. I, I'm sorry, Cheryl, for your loss. Thank you. But it's time to give away tarot deck, Game of Thrones tarot deck, beautiful cards, but everything. The way, the way we do this here is I'm going to ask a Game of Thrones trivia question. I wrote it this time, guys. And it was Cheryl's idea this time. Yes. She is the presenter of this trivia question. And uh, we're going to flash my email on the screen, dan.selke at winnerscoming.net. You guys are going to email your answers as fast as you can, and the first person to get the correct answer wins. I'll write you back, ask them for an address, and then you write me back saying you confirm, and we'll send it out to you. Only this trivia question is a little bit different. It's a little bit unique, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Okay, the trivia question to win the Game of Thrones tarot deck is, name all... Name as many of Daenerys Targaryen's titles as you can. Yes. As fast as you can. Yes. And send me the email. Fastest is bestest. We, if you have, we will check if you have right and wrong titles, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yes, fastest is bestest. And I will repeat the question because I wrote the question. I'm very proud of myself. Um, so the question is, name as many of Daenerys Targaryen's titles as fast as you can and as accurately as you can. Bam. Order not required. You know, no. if, you, if you're out you're of order, order, that's fine. Yeah. But if you get a wrong one, we're going to go out to the person who got a right one. Yes. So if somebody sends in three correct titles really, really quickly, that's great. But if the next person sends in four correct titles, that person will be the one to beat. Yes. All right. We'll see if this works. <laughs> Good luck, everyone. Good luck, uh, everyone. So have fun with that. And uh, Cheryl, thanks for being here of with course. us. Of course. I'm gonna so bring glad on, I got to write uh, the question. Yeah, I, I have about that, too. It's pretty yeah. fun. We're <laughs> going to bring on Josh Hill for A Song of Ice and Fire after a quick break. See you soon. <laughs> oh, Ned Stark, will you ever learn? No, oh, sorry. I didn't see you there. I'm Dan Selke, the editor at winneriscoming.net your one-stop shop for all things Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire, and genre fiction in general. We here at Wick love bringing you news, reviews, and editorial content, and we're gonna keep doing all that stuff. However, for the especially hardcore among you, we're gonna start offering even more. Welcome to the Wick Club. The Wick Club is a Patreon-funded effort to provide fantasy and sci-fi fans with even more Wick content. You can join at several levels. For $1 a month, you can enter into monthly swag giveaways and get to read extra columns. At $4, you'll get to watch extra episodes of Take the Black Live, our weekly chat show, with topics chosen by you. Please be gentle. And at the Valyrian Steel level, that's $10 a month, you get Wick Club t-shirts and access to a new segment we're calling Drinking and Knowing Things, a monthly live stream where I drink wine and talk with all of you in a free-flowing conversation about Game of Thrones, fantasy, sci-fi, and whatever else comes up after I've had a few. Just to be clear, we're not going to stop doing anything on Wick we already do, and we're hoping to add more stuff anyway. The Wick Club is a way to produce even more content, and hopefully to get to know some of you better. You can find links to more information below. We hope to see you in the Wick Clubhouse. Valimur Goulas, bottoms up, and thanks for watching. Welcome back, everybody. I now have Fansider.com's very own Josh Hill with us. Hello, everybody. <laughs> for A Song of Dan and Josh, the show where yeah. we go through every chapter of a, a Song of Ice and Fire and take it apart. What makes it tick? What makes it good? What makes it bad? And we are now on the very last chapter of A Game of Thrones, yes. the first book in the series. Josh, Josh, 
what a what a long strange journey it's been it was it was a long i need to sign some yearbooks yeah that's what you should do you should sign books and send them out like you didn't write them but i've seen people do that before um have gross well i've not personally received any of these gifts but um yeah it's uh seems like we just started it just yesterday but yeah we are we're pretty fast before we start, though, um, you just finished doing the Phantom 250, we by the way. We did, yes. The Game of Thrones was on the list. Number 11, I think. Three years running, yeah. Which Every year, I think it's moved down, which is... Well, wait for the next year, when yeah. the <laughs> final season, it will have no choice but to be way up top there. Yeah. Phantom 250 is a yearly ranking of the 250 top fandoms on the planet. Mm-hmm. And the Game of Thrones fandom, you guys being very delightful and wonderful... Always scores high. I think oh, it was yeah. 11 this year just because there, there's nothing new this year. Well, that's a testament to the fandom, too. It really is. Is yeah. that there hasn't been any episodes on for, what, well over a year, yeah. right? They still talk, though. They still tune in. And People the fandom still is still up there with... Speculating and everything. Higher than Star Wars. Higher than Harry Potter. It's up there with, like, some of the NFL teams. Was Star Wars getting notched down because everybody was ragging on The Last Jedi so much? Uh, it got notched down because of the reason people were oh. <laughs> hating on The Last Jedi, so... Which doesn't exist Gravity in Game in of Thrones, it seems. So it seems oh, like it's a loving there's, fandom. There are folk who don't like the story, but um, there are also folk who love it. Yeah. it it's, it's like an, any other fandom. It's got your, uh, you know, true Dark believers and your and, yeah, of course, any yeah. fandom has that. But it's what it's a wonderful fandom overall, obviously. To be the eleventh in the world is yeah. impressive. Anyway, uh, On an off year too, <laughs> exactly. And uh, Renee says hi. Hi. And let's start. Let's do it. So Daenerys, the end is near. Ten, exactly yeah. ten. Final chapter of Game of Thrones. Okay, so give me your gut impression of it. Your gut reaction. I mean, this was like the big finale episode with the your iconic Danny and Fire moment. So, yeah, it really was. was. It was pretty iconic. Which looking. I was actually looking forward to reading because it was you know what it looks like visually, and it was right. a huge moment for the show and all this. But well, how do you? It's it's the reverse effect where it's like you read something like Harry Potter and you're like, well, how do you make this into a movie? Hmm. It's the reverse. So I've seen it in the TV <laughs> show. I'm like, well, how is he going to write this into a <laughs> chapter? Make it make it as interesting. I'll tell you how using really elaborate language. So yeah. I wrote down some stuff. So Big time. Th- 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 this is the chapter where Danny's dragons are born. Mm-hmm. The end of Game of Thrones. The big climax. I I loved it. And Danny is born in a oh in, in a lot of ways. Kabam so as the mother of dragons. But yeah, he uses, I, I really like the, the language he uses for the fire. Because that mm-hmm. moment from the show that's iconic is her looking at her husband's body burning. Yep. And Jorah's like, don't do it. And she walks into the fire anyway, which is crazy. Because mm-hmm. why would you do that? That's not <laughs> a good idea. But no. described from her perspective, it, it, has, it makes a weird kind of sense. Like George Martin puts it like this. Huge orange gouts of flame unfurled their banners in that hellish wind, the logs hissing and crackling, glowing cinders rising on the smoke to float away in the dark like so many newborn fireflies. She was the blood of the dragon, and the fire was in her. I ain't done. She saw crimson fire lions and great yellow serpents and unicorns made of pale blue flame. She saw fish and foxes and monsters, wolves and bright birds and flowering trees, each more beautiful than the last. She saw a horse, a great gray stallion, lined in smoke, it's flowing mane, a nimbus of blue flame. Nimbus of a blue nimbus flame. of blue flame. So he is like has a serious word crush on this fire. Oh, he was saving this all for the last chapter too. <laughs> he was sitting on this for so long, and he just wrote the hell out of I this mean, chapter. I mean, it's, it's almost like it, it's it's like he's described. 
it, it, it feels like she's a pyromaniac. Yeah. Like she's looking at this fire and saying like, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. But she's seeing her destiny is what she, she's seeing. Yes. So that's why it works. It's like she's so excited by the, her future, what is ahead of her, her potential. And we've seen her grow or read her grow, I guess you could say, sure. from when we first met her to like, because I, I keep forgetting that the ages are different from the book to the show. Right. So she's even younger in the show or in the book the than books, she is yeah. in the show, like which makes it more impressive. 14. Yeah. So the, here's this 13, 14 year old girl who's gone through all of this crap that we've seen. And now she is realizing her, she's coming of age in a way through fire. Literally fire is forge, fire, forging yeah. her future and that that's the way that he described it. it's a little flowery and it's a little he chuckle at it a little bit but he's like really describing it. it's intuitive i, I mean like yeah it. it's it's potent it's supposed to be potent yeah. it's supposed to be kind of mythic and, and this whole chapter what i liked about it is the whole thing felt eerie in a way that just you, you don't normally see very mystical yeah mystical mm-hmm. because the the what what i liked about it was that the whole time, like, Daenerys clearly has a plan. Like, it starts yeah. with her gathering brush fire for this pyre she's making. And, you know, she's, she, she's, she's talking about how, um, she's wondering, like, how many people did Aegon have when he conquered the Seven Kingdoms? Mm-hmm. Eh, it doesn't matter. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, last chapter, she was trying desperately to save Khal Drogo and suffocated him. Mm-hmm. And he, she has a certainty here. Like a kind of eerie, weird calm. Yeah. That and it's a little creepy. And she doesn't really, she doesn't let us in on what she's doing. Like, it, it's she's building a pyre and burning her husband and walking on it. Mm-hmm. But she never like says, "My plan is to walk into the fire and then survive it, impossibly, and then be reborn and have a bunch of dragons to help me." Which is like, why it's so brilliant that it's told from her perspective because she knows like yeah. there's no need for explanation she knows in her head what she's gonna do so there's no you don't need oh yes i'm gonna walk through here blah 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 this is my plan it's you know at the end of all the bond movies the mm. bond villain gives <laughs> away the plan she there's no need for that and the fact that it's coming from her perspective which has been established throughout this book as we're gonna get inside of their heads and figure out what they're thinking to not know what she's thinking yet know exactly what she's doing yeah, like, is great like you know what she's feeling, mm-hmm. and you can feel her certainty, but you don't you don't know her plan. Just she's 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 being drawn by something. Like I wrote it down. Her internal thoughts. Like Danny called the Dothraki around her. Fewer than a hundred were left. How many had Aegon started with? She wondered. It did not matter. Like she just <laughs> yeah. she she just knows she's she knows what she's doing is right, yeah. even though it's like objectively insane. And Jorah is like the voice of reason here. He's like, yeah. hey, don't do this. You, Stupid young idiot. Mm-hmm. She, he basically asked her to run away with her. Yeah, like let's go to Karth and Yeti and the Shy, and I'll we'll drink weird, all this cool wine. And well, I mean, is weirder it weird? because she's thirteen or fourteen or whatever. Not well, as weird in the show, but right. I mean, he could still want to save her life. He hasn't shown sexual interest in her up to that's this true. Point, but really. like knowing their relationship, I yeah yeah, into it, that it, it's with hard that to kind of it. knowledge. But. but yeah, so he's he's kind of. It, it, it's, it's interesting to think about how to adapt this for the show because mm-hmm. it's so much is about the tone and I guess I mean the Clark just kind of, kind of carried on her face mm-hmm. because we're not in her head in the show so we just have yeah. to she has to project utter confidence whereas here he can write it out mm-hmm. um, what else happens in this one oh um, this is also kind of the emergence of spooky calm kind of a brutal Danny yeah. Like, she, she has a moment in the show, you know, where Amelia Clark, like, stares in the middle distance and her voice goes really flat. Mm-hmm. And she just, like, orders her dragons to fry people alive. Yeah. Like, there's a bit in here where she ties Miri Ma's door, the witch mm-hmm. woman, to the pyre. 
And the witch woman is like, hey, idiot, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Untie me and, I'll, and I will help you. And she just says, um, I am tired of the Meiji's brain. And then one of her dudes whips her. <laughs> he stops. And I, just, I, I saw Amelia Clark there. I saw the exact yep. facial pattern she makes, like the dead eyes, like the staring away. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of worked. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the evolution of Danny, her checking out of her humanity almost. Just yeah, like, a little This bit. needs to be done. So we need to do it. Exactly. Forged from fire. It, um, well, uh, speaking of, like, you're someone who watched the show first and yeah. then came to this. Like, are you picturing Emily Clark the entire time here? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's hard not to. I mean, sure. So, but yeah, I, I was definitely picturing her. And that's why it keeps throwing me off with the age because I'm picturing at, right. as the show, so not as a 13-year-old. And then finally, at the end of the chapter, um, how is this as an ending to the book? You know what? I didn't write it down, but I'm going to read the end really fast. There we go. It's, 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 it's a good I do line. love the fireside chats with Dan. It's great. <laughs> As Daenerys Targaryen rose to her feet, her, bla her black hissed, her black dragon, pale smoke venting from its mouth and nostrils, the other two pulled away from her breasts and added their voices to the call, translucent wings unfolding and stirring the air, and for the first time in hundreds of years, the night came alive with the music of dragons. And that's the final line. How is this as a final scene for a book? It's, I mean, we've been talking about the window dressing for the past couple of chapters here, but this does feel like a branch extending to the next book, and it captures your interest. You're like, what the hell yeah, does, does that mean? Like, you go off, it's a really strong chapter to end on because yeah. it is very mystical. It's very uh, visceral as far as, like, you're imagining this, both the fire and the action that's going on and the creation of this character. She's literally like a phoenix rising from the ashes. She's walking into the flames and forging her future. So it's, the, it's interesting in that we started the book thinking that Ned was going to be the main character. Sure. This is going to be a conventional fantasy story and blah, blah, blah. And then it takes just a left turn after left turn after left turn. And it's perfect that it ends on this creation of a new main character. We have Danny. <laughs> yeah, like this that. is Danny's story now mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. We still have John and we have all these other characters who we know will no longer be with us very soon. Sure. Which even more highlights the fact that we are, this is Danny's story. This is where it becomes a game of Danny. It is, this is her <laughs> story. So I really like that this was the, that you ended on it. The, the unconventional nature of the book and ending on an unconventional chapter like this is fitting. It is kind of cool. And it also kind of bookends the story too because. Remember, like, for the great majority of this book, everything in between, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, Ned trying to navigate politics and mm -hmm. failing. It's, um, you know, Sansa and Arya both as kind of... As real world as you yeah, can get. Very yeah, very real world. Yeah. The first chapter is about ice zombies. The last <laughs> chapter has dragons. Everything in between is just, like, things that could conceivably happen. Yeah. And these are both fantastical things. So it's good structurally. And again, it's 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 a it's it's a good example of a cliffhanger that does mm -hmm. what a cliffhanger should do, like yeah. get you interested mm -hmm. in what's happening. It's not like, you know, there's a car coming right at you. Cut away, hit her next week. Mm -hmm. It's this big new move has happened. There's a game changing element. Dragons are involved in the story now. It will go somewhere new now. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's a very, very strong way to end a book and very well written. And it translates to the show, too, because this was the last uh, yeah, episode of season one, right? I think the only time they've done that. Yeah, so, and it, it was such a great cliffhanger for the end of the season, which mm -hmm. is the same thing with the book, where we get to fly right into the next one, but he writes it, publishes it, you gotta wait for him to write the next book and come out with it. Same with the show. So that it works so well as a 
the end of this book and it works so well as the end of the first season, I think is really all you need to know. Yeah. And the first season is the one that adapts it most closely. And now we're going to get more fun because it's going to, it's going to kind of go further and further afield <laughs> until we're basically somewhere completely new. <laughs> um, really quick, really quick um, difference. This thing's adapted pretty faithfully. Like they didn't change a whole lot. Mm -hmm. They did cut Danny's burning, all her hair burning off. Oh, yeah. They kept that or they did not keep that. And they cut her furious lactation while she's standing there naked while the dragons drink from her breast. For Good obvious idea. reasons. That, yeah, that would look... I don't think that could get past the censors at HBO. I know it's what premium cable. at HBO? I know it's premium cable, but they have a limit. Could you imagine how much more people would have gone after them for the gratuitous sex and violence if they had included I mean, it's that? Not, gratuitous is just weird. <laughs> it is. But, I don't know. At that point, it could be pretty gratuitous. It's just gross. Just gr and just, also that. I think he's going for like Nobody symbolism, like mother, but it's yeah. just, it's just, no, there's no. no way that would not no. look silly. Hard pass on that. The hair, probably a good call to not burn that off too. Well, that's very much a vanity aesthetic. That's, you know, that's, hey, save it, on wigs. It, it's television. So yes. yeah, that's why. Anyway, that is a, that's a Game of Thrones. Thanks for sticking with us, guys. We, of course, will be reading A Clash of Kings in yep. the new year. But I think next week we're going to do a, a Game of Thrones retrospective. Mm -hmm. Look over the whole book. What are our favorite chapters, favorite characters, <laughs> favorite stories? Any parts that dragged? What parts stood out? Um, and how does it all fit into the magic that is A Song of Ice and Fire? should do a clip show. <laughs> clip show? <laughs> sure. Get on that, Richard. You don't want a weekend. Um, so thanks a lot for watching. And we'll be back next week at 4 p.m. Central to talk more Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, more Song of Ben and Josh. And looking forward to seeing you then. Adios. <laughs>